0: Hey, before I dive into the sermon, I just have to share some of our joy with you. Um, our son, Ben, is back from college, and so Christmas can begin for us. Oh, no, you've got to all give him a welcome back. You know, Okay, thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. Um, we've been looking at um, Ebenezer Scrooge, as you know, and as we wrap up that series, we get to the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Or the ghost of future, Christmas future. And um, I'd like to introduce the ghost of Christmas future and Ebenezer Scrooge this way. And that's by sharing with you one of my favorite things about our God. One of the reasons why we can really throw our head back and, and sing joy to the world each Christmas One of my favorite things about our God is that he has a special love, a special knack of making a little go a long, long way. Have you ever noticed, either in Scripture or in your experience with him, It's one of many good summary statements, I think, that we could say about our God. Our God makes a little go a long, long way. He started out by making the universe from nothing. And nothing is fairly little. It's about as little as it gets, yes? He created life... From nothing, with one breath, Adam came alive. With one rib, there's Eve. And then down the road, from one tiny egg, a breath, a rib, and one of Eve's eggs. We have the entire human race. Yeah. Our God loves making a little go a long, long way. Noah builds an ark and life survives the flood. Moses finally says, Yes, I'll go back to Egypt and a new nation is born. He raises his hands in the Red Sea parts, and Israel is saved. The children of Israel simply marched around a city seven times and blow some trumpets. And one of the mightiest, mightiest city fortresses of all times, Jericho, falls. Samson's hair begins to grow back. And he manages a brief prayer for help. And the Philistines are defeated. Ruth, Ruth decides she's going to stick with mom, stick with her grieving mother-in-law. And because she does, Jesus' ancestral line continues. A boy named David throws a stone and a giant falls. A king named Hezekiah prays. And 186,000 Assyrian soldiers vanish overnight. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego simply say no to other gods. And even hungry lions in a fiery furnace do no harm. A boy shares his meager lunch of fish and bread and thousands are fed. A bleeding woman simply reaches out in faith and touches the corner of her Messiah's robe and she's instantly healed And of course, one lone, obedient man dies on a cross and all sins are forgiven. Yeah, our God loves, revels in, making a little go a long, long way perhaps one of the most well-known biblical pictures, biblical stories of a little going a long, long way. See how many of you get it. But it involves that picture of one of those tiny biblical seeds called what kind of seed? A mustard seed, yeah. You can see on the screen how tiny they are. And if I say mustard seed what saying of Jesus comes to mind? Faith. Yes, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, Jesus says, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you, Jesus says. And yes, almost everyone knows that that mustard seed picture of our faith from Matthew 17, probably because it's a really cool to think of telling a whole mountain to move and having it move. That picture stays with us. But it's interesting to me, fascinating to me, noteworthy to me that there's another mustard seed picture in the Bible and one that's not cited or remembered Nearly as much. And maybe that's telling in a way. And this mustard seed picture comes in the form of a parable on Jesus' lips. Mark 4 tells it like this. Again, Jesus said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed. Which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground, yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. That tiny mustard seed becomes a mustard plant. And you can see how big that plant gets. And isn't it fascinating? Isn't it fascinating that Jesus uses a mustard seed to describe even our tiniest bit of faith? And then also uses a mustard seed to describe what the kingdom of God is like, in that the kingdom of God brings shade for those in the desert in their life. And if we link those two pictures, does that tell us something about what our faith needs to grow into? Faith, at least in its context, biblically, of our faith and witness in bringing about the kingdom of God in the lives of people that don't yet experience it. That kingdom of God that is supposed to result in shade, protection from life's heat. God just loves making a little go a long, long way. Our faith should have huge branches. Ebenezer Scrooge. If you're visiting this morning, we've been looking at his redemption in Dickens' A Christmas Carol, and we've been finding insights in this story to our own redemption as well. And so we went with Scrooge and the ghost of Christmas past. And together with Scrooge, we were reminded of, of our first love, at least, that excited first love that we had when we first knew God's love for us, how overwhelming that was. And then we went together with Scrooge and the ghost of Christmas present and we're reminded that God's first love, people, especially the poor and the impressed who need it most, were reminded that God's first love needs to be our first love too, even as we love God by loving others. And so we've seen that our path to redemption even lies with loving God and loving others. And now that last spirit to visit Scrooge, the ghost of Christmas yet to come, or the ghost of Christmas future. By now, Ebenezer is shaken, and he's becoming unsqueezed. He's been deeply impacted by remembering his first love, remembering what that type of white-hot love was like. And in so remembering that, he finds room in his slowly unsqueezing heart to be deeply affected by the poor around him, especially Tiny Tim, Tiny Tim Cratchit. And so now comes the ghost of Christmas yet to come as Scrooge teeters on falling into transformation and redemption. And the ghost of Christmas yet to come comes and gives Scrooge a gift, gives Scrooge one last push. And the push is a fascinating one. The Ghost of Christmas Future takes Scrooge to some Christmas yet to come, maybe even one the next morning, and shows Scrooge a future where, frankly, the people in his town, the people around him, are grateful that he's dead And Scrooge gets to see that his life made no good, loving impact at all on anyone. His possessions being sold by thieves, his money all gone, and tiny Tim, because he failed to intervene and help is dead too. So really, what the ghost of Christmas past gives to Ebenezer Scrooge is a gift of the opportunity to feel remorse and regret that he hadn't done more. Hadn't done anything. And you say, well, you know, I don't often think of regret or remorse as a gift. It's not a very good gift. Don't try to give that to someone, I guess, this Christmas under the tree. And here's remorse. But do you know what? Regret and remorse is a priceless gift when there is time to allow it to motivate you to reverse it, reverse whatever caused it in the first place. It's a gift when there's time to do something about it, time to avoid it altogether in the future. Regret or remorse is a priceless gift when it motivates us to change. Or let me use the biblical word for change, when it motivates us to repent. If the ghost of Christmas past whispers, remember your first love. And the ghost of Christmas present says, now remember God's first love of people. Then the ghost of Christmas future reminds us, remember repentance, remember change, remember that. There are second chances, as many as you need and want, with our great, big, loving God. Remember, now that we've rediscovered love, that we have the opportunity to repent and to change. In fact, we should be desperate to change, to become unsqueezed if we've become a squeezed stone of help like Ebenezer Scrooge. We should be desperate to change as much as we can if the love of God has truly rekindled in us. If I was to outline Dickens' story of Ebenezer Scrooge, I might do it like this. Remember your first love, and that first love leads to repentance and second chances, and that leads to transformation and change, and that leads to love of others. And to round it out, I might also add, love of others leads again to that first love of God, full circle, because the second command, to love others as ourselves, is like the command to love God, when we love others We love God. In the last exchange between Scrooge and the spirit of Christmas future, the spirit is pointing to a grave. Ebenezer, you remember, goes and looks at the stone of that neglected grave and finds his name on it. And repentance seethes from the man. He begs the spirit, please, I am not the man I was. Why show me this if there is no hope? Please, please help me write that name from that stone. Get it off of that stone. And he begs the spirit. Suddenly the spirit dissolves down into his bedpost which Scrooge finds himself clinging as he wakes up. And Ebenezer Scrooge is reborn. I wanna show you a clip of my favorite version of Ebenezer Scrooge, and it's my favorite part. I wanted to show you all 15 minutes, but I won't. Something very special And John's edited down, as only John can, to about five or six minutes. But as you watch, think about the transformation of this man. And also take a look at what just a tiny amount of love, the shade and the great effect it can have on everyone around him. Let's watch.
1: I'm alive. I'm alive. I've got a chance to change and I will not be the man I was. I'll begin again. I will build my life. I will live to know that I fulfilled my life. I'll begin today, throw away the past, and the future I build will be something that will last. I will take the time I have left to live, and I will give it all that I have left to give. I will live my days, for my fellow men and I live in praise of that moment when I was able to begin again. <laughs> A merry Christmas everybody! <laughs> For so you. You didn't steal it, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't steal it. It's a present for you to keep a merry Christmas, darling. You still don't recognise me, dear Bob Cratchit. Yes. Uh, no. Uh, your father, Christmas? <laughs> no. It's all right, my dear. There's nothing to be frightened <laughs> No, I haven't gone mad. And on Monday, when your salary will be doubled? Doubled? Yes, has We'll mad. sit together and discuss how I could help your family to start with. We'll find the right doctors to decide it's him well. And we will get him well, you know, Bob. Yes, I believe you. I believe anything. <laughs> and may this be the <laughs> merriest Christmas of all our lives. Tom Jenkins! Tom Jenkins! About that 6 you agree to give me a few more days, Mr. Scrooge. I just need give to. You can keep it. it. It's my Christmas present to you. <laughs> and of goes for anyone else who wants me buddy, you can keep it, as it is day. all my dead to <laughs> Yeah. Oh.
0: Scrooge really doesn't do very much. He forgets a few debts. He forgives a few debts. He becomes a good boss. He helps a crippled child. And probably more than anything, he allows himself to be moved by love and love of others. And this buoyancy just comes from this man, just glows from this man because he remembers his first love. He remembers his love of people. And a desperate desire to love them just consumes the man. I love when he discovers it's Christmas Day and he he does that with his arms. (laughs) And it seems to me somewhere in that picture of a buoyant, unsqueezed stone of help Somewhere in that picture, the followers of God ought to be found. We can be so dour and sour sometimes. And we can forget so quickly, it seems to me, that all-consuming passion of love and joy. Because God loves us. As each Christmas rolls around, as this one rolls around, will you allow yourself to remember again that God loves you so deeply that he sends his only son in the form of a tiny mustard seed, a little baby. Wow, did God really make that little baby go a long, long way. A young girl once told an angel, yes, I'll do it. Her fiance also said, yeah, I'll do it too. And Mary and Joseph agreed to carry that little child. And because they did Salvation to all is alive and well because God loves to make a little go a long, long way. Sometimes I know when I think of Shema, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your mind, and love your neighbors as yourself, including your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you. And I see that huge mountain. And I said, that's just too hard. I can't. I struggle too much with sin. There's no way I can love God that much. And there's no way that I can can love others as myself. I just can't. And the devil whispers right in that moment, you're right, you can't. So don't even try. And we forget that God to make a little go a long, long way. Do something. Do anything. A kind look. A warm gesture. Five dollars out of a red envelope. Anything. Something. And you watch what God does with it. Maybe even a whole village will dance. Because God loves to make a little go a long, long way. And whatever you have to give of yourself, of your time, of your money, of your love, of who you are in the short time you're here, whatever it is, God promises He will make it go a long, long way. So will you give? Of who you are before the Lord. Before your time here runs out. Will you? Will you be an Ebenezer? A standing stone of God's love. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this remarkable story. Father, you know that my prayer has been to allow this story... Help us to allow this story to move us. Move us to remember how much it is you love us. Move us to remember that out of that love, your deep desire is to partner together with us in helping those who need it most. Father, thank you for a second chance. If if we've somehow wandered away from that, If we find ourselves not feeling that buoyancy of love, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, if we have allowed life to cloud that and to scrooge us and to squeeze us, Father, make this Christmas, make today a time where we too can be reborn, transformed, and even redeemed Help us, Father, to first and foremost all the time love you by loving others. Give us that peace on earth and goodwill to all men that your Son came to bring and now wants to bring again and again through us. Father, we love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you stand, please, for God's benediction? his good words, his blessings, I'm borrowing from the Apostle Paul and also Jesus. First, the Apostle Paul gives us this reminder of what we're even here for. For we are God's handiwork, Paul says, created in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And Jesus adds... So let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you Christmas Eve evening, 5 o'clock. And Christmas Day, rumor has it the Verbal family will bring us Drummer Boy again. You don't want to miss that. See you at 10 o'clock on Christmas. God bless you all.